0: Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect. This is episode 273 and we're recording it on Sunday, November 18th, 2018. I'm David Lott. Joining me this episode is Bobby Jackson. Hello, what's up everybody? And Yasha Wilson.
1: Hey, hey, hey everyone.
0: Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about. We've had a, what, a week or two off. <laughs> um, and it was a big movie weekend with Fantastic Beasts, The Crowns of Grindelwald this weekend. We've got probably the 20 or 30 other films that Bobby has seen to talk about. <laughs> and uh, I've got beef with Michelle, but of course she's not here to defend herself. But I'm going to say what I got to say anyway. Um, bring it. Bring it. Don't bring it right now. Bring it. Uh, <laughs> no, it was just, it's funny. Like, Uh, A friend of the podcast, Angela Lopez, was in town not long ago, I saw her, and we were talking, and we were talking about podcasts at one point. She brought up a podcast she's been listening to, and I was like, wait, what? This is a thing, and it's been around now for like a couple years? (laughs) Anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge West Wing fan, right? hmm and uh I can't I don't know it's just funny when you think you're kind of like for us you know we're all in the movies and tv and we really try to keep up on news and stuff going on and you think you know everything or know everything that's going on and to, you, so there's still things that pass you by I like the fact that there's this podcast out there called the West Wing Weekly and I had never heard of it and <laughs> it's been uh they've been putting episodes out since I think early twenty sixteen. And basically in this podcast they uh just they've started from the very beginning of the first season and every week they they watched an episode and they just are going through the entire show, all seven seasons of it. And they talk about that particular episode in that podcast episode. And Joshua Molina, who was on the West Wing, he came in I think in the third season or fourth season, fourth season. Um, he's on, he's one of the two hosts. And so it's, it's not just like two random guys, like, you know, and even if it were two random guys, if it's, if it's a good show, that's still would be cool. But no, like you've got a cast member as one of your hosts. And then with that, you've got every other episode they're bringing on like West Wing cast members and, you know, having them as guests, talking to them and interviewing them and talking about that episode. And it's fascinating. And I, as a, again, as a diehard fan, I'm like, this is a, oh my God, how, how have I not been listening to this? I had no idea this was around. And I brought it up to Michelle, who's also a big fan. She's like, oh yeah, Wrestling Weekly. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you knew about this? And you, you kept this from me? <laughs> She's been holding out on you. Yeah. Anyway. uh, and yeah, she used to no, no, I thought I had mentioned it to you. I thought I'd been sending you stuff from their Instagram account. And I'm like, no. And she looked, she looked through her feed. She's like, oh yeah, I never did. I'm like, yeah, no, you never, <laughs> you never told me anything. I had no clue.
1: I'd have to really, reevaluate really that friendship. It's kind of like everything about that is like almost as bad as like if I am like, oh, Bobby, you haven't seen Avengers 4 yet? Dude, I saw it last week. Did you know that if you could do this, this, and this, you know, you can go see it? What? <laughs>
2: yeah it does seem kind of odd that uh, this much time has passed how long has she known about it that she didn't actually mention it
0: I don't know I never I don't know if I asked like when did she find out like did she know as soon as it you know, dropped, or as maybe she, if she found out about it more recently. But she mentioned, like, uh, another good friend of hers that I know, like, oh, yeah, me and this person, we talk about episodes here and there. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> are you like, and so, Bobby, you'll be pleased to know that now I have gone back and I have been re watching the West Wing and starting from the beginning of this podcast. Um, and the thing is, is like, I've seen so much West Wing. I've seen the first four seasons anyway, so much that I don't really need to rewatch them. But it is nice, like watching the episode and then listening to the podcast episode to have it fresh in your mind when they talk about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really great podcast. I've if if you are a West Wing, anybody listening, if you are a West Wing fan and you also did not know about this. And uh, yeah, it's it's a must listen easily like i i have been fascinated by it and it's been nice re-watching them from the very beginning and kind of getting their take on things and there's definitely like episodes coming up in the upcoming seasons and i'm really fascinated to hear their take on and I'm definitely curious it'll be interesting too for me once i get to episode or seasons five six and seven which are the seasons that aaron sorkin and thomas slami weren't around for um because i'm not as familiar with those seasons like i've seen them for the most part but uh yeah when i get to those it'll be even a more interesting watch for me because they're just those seasons are not i'm not that familiar with so uh i don't know it's it's been fun listening to it and watching the show again but uh anyway i was gonna give michelle some shit but she's not here so
2: I actually had heard of that same podcast, honestly, and which is weird because I don't watch the show. I haven't seen it, but I'd heard of it through maybe another podcast I listened to and they mentioned it. So yeah, peripherally, I had heard of it myself, which it is funny in a way that you, being the big
0: fan that you are, had actually never even heard of it. Yeah. It's just, I feel so out of touch and like, I get, I just got to, cause I'm only right now, like maybe halfway through the first season. And they did kind of a random episode where the entire cast, not the entire, but most of the cast from the West Wing kind of had a reunion at, I forget the name of the festival, but I think it's in Austin. Not one of the big ones in Austin, Texas, but a smaller like TV kind of convention or something. Mm. And they had like a two hour group panel and they were able to rebroadcast the audio from it on the podcast And uh, it was fascinating to listen to. And even just that, 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 that happened. And I'm like, I had no idea that this happened. (laughs) Like Aaron Sorkin was there with most of the cast and like, where where the hell have I been? Like, I guess living (laughs) under a rock anyway. So yeah, there's that. That's what I've, that's what I, one of the things I've been up to lately. Other than that, uh, last night I saw Fantastic Beasts and, um michelle and i ended up recording a spoiler effect for it it's out there now on the spoiler effect feed and on the Flickr effect website for anyone listening if you're curious to check that out um so michelle and i have shared our thoughts with each other but now i'm dying to hear your guys's thoughts bobby i'm sure you've seen it yasha have you seen it
1: wait what movie is this
0: fantastic Beasts
1: i'm just kidding yeah of course it's not. oh okay <laughs> he got me on that one
0: i he was you like he got me i'm like
2: <laughs> has he never heard of this movie
0: <laughs> i'm like maybe skype cut out he didn't hear what i said i don't know um, <laughs> so now i'm dying to hear your guys's thoughts on this i'm assuming you haven't heard the spoiler effect i just literally posted like a couple hours ago so i'm, I'm guessing you don't know what i think or do you
1: me no, i don't uh,
2: I do. I, I listened to uh, the first few minutes of it. So I, I, I got at least a sense of what but I didn't get all into the details of what you guys thought, but I essentially know your
0: initial thoughts. Oh, on okay. It. All right. Well, I'm dying t- I'm to know what you think. I think especially <laughs> you Bobby, because you were, you were definitely the most negative on the first fantastic beasts of the yeah. group here. I think uh, me and Michelle and I, and, and, correct me if i'm wrong yasha i think the three of us were you know for, for the most part pretty happy with that movie and you
1: i was yeah i mean i i genuinely enjoyed the for lack of a better way of saying it and not sounding cliche or corny, the wizarding world so i definitely am you know really into it so yeah i i did like the first one
0: right but bobby i think because you were you were kind of where you were on that first film. And now having having my feelings for the second movie that I do, I'm like, all right, so where did Bobby go with this? Like, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm curious, but, but Yash, I'm going to start with you. What'd you think of Fantastic Beasts? The, the Crimes of Grindelwald?
1: Oh, okay. Um, you know what? After watching it, I, I had to digest it a little bit. And I, I mean, because when I first saw Grindelwald, I was thinking about this, you know, the other day and I was talking to him about it with my buddy. And when we first saw Grindelwald, I wasn't a huge fan of how he looked, but then the more I kind of thought about it, I was like, okay, well, he's supposed to be an outcast. He's supposed to be overly evil. He's supposed to stand out. Like, I guess they kind of, they nailed it because he he that's what he looks like. You know, they did a really good job of making him this kind of outlandish character. I enjoyed the movie. I After thinking about it, I really did like it. I liked the background story about who Grindelwald kind of is and how he moves forward with being this big bad guy how he recruits Uh, i enjoyed learning a little bit a lot more about how he does it and who he is i'm not a huge fan of the continuity from the middle of the film it seemed like it just jumped all of a sudden very very quickly and we'll get into that a little bit later but and aside from that i was um when the movie was over i was i was ready to keep going like I'm really interested in just learning more about the story and kind of seeing where it develops and how it goes. I-, I liked it. I was like, yeah, I'm ready for the next movie. When's that coming out? Is that coming out tomorrow? Do I stay for the next? <laughs> like, what do I do? And, uh, I just want to see what happens. So I enjoyed, it. I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. I might even be able to sit through it again, maybe in the theater. Um, is it one of my favorites? No. Is it going to make my top 10? Probably not. More than likely not, but I definitely did. think it was a fun movie and it was uh, entertaining for the most part um but again i think it's a lot of it has to do with i just really enjoyed the characters and the story that they have when it comes to developing what the big bad is and we got a real sense of that with this movie gotcha all right
0: bobby let's hear it (laughs) so you were you were a ho-hum kind of negative or maybe mostly negative on fantastic beasts uh, the first film. What'd you think of this one?
2: Like you said, I, I was pretty ho-hum on that. And if you recall, the reason why I said that I was ho-hum about that original movie, it was because it just didn't feel very much connected in in a sense to the the Harry Potter stuff. And that was more or less one of the, my criticisms about it, but a, a sort of a low level criticism. My, my main criticism was that it just didn't feel very magical to me. It just, it just—I don't know. There was just something about it. The beasts were there, and and they were cool and whatnot. But it just the magic of it all just seemed so isolated. And then I see this movie. And there's magic from the start to finish in this movie. So uh, I think overall, I have a sort of an oddball take on it because I actually did enjoy this movie, heads and shoulders above the first movie. Like I legit came out of it feeling like okay i'm 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 ready to see the next one and see where they go with things but the reason why i feel that way about it it actually has very little to zero to do with any of the the characters that are the main cast, I feel almost nothing for these characters. And like, maybe I, I like Newt a little bit more than I liked him last movie, and I didn't dislike him. I just didn't have any sort of feeling one way or another towards that character. But this time around, I think I, I gathered a little bit more of um, affection for, for the character, just a little bit. But the other characters that were still sort of the main cast from the last movie, I still... I don't, I don't feel any connection to those characters really. So, where I seem to um, honestly get a lot of the um, my my things that I liked about this one and the characters, it was from the new people that they showed. Really, it was seen, honestly. Okay, so I was surprised that uh, Johnny Depp and and how his portrayal of Grindelwald was because I just didn't think I was going to like it whatsoever. But I ended up falling into it because he, I think he wrote a very fine line of being super over the top and doing that Johnny Depp thing that he does, and then actually being this sort of character that he's fit to be for, for this movie and what they wanted him to be. So I thought he did a good job of writing that line, and, and I, I I accepted his his portrayal as Grindelwald. And I, I, I also really liked uh, Jude Law as uh Dumbledore so even though there's not a ton of seeing him in the movie I liked what he was doing with it and um Zoe Kravitz who was in it uh she I liked her character as well uh she what was her name Lestrange uh I forget her first name but
0: Leda Lestrange Leda Lestrange yeah
2: yeah i liked her in it so it's like the new characters kind of um pulled me towards them more so than the established characters and then like i said there was just magic going on and i'm not as familiar i've seen the harry potter movies but i haven't seen them multiple times and so i just know them on such such a surface level so that me watching this movie if they were trying to make connections to stuff and do things to tie in it went right over my head because I didn't I wasn't looking and and catching those things. I'm sure they were there. But I was just taking it as what it was and and really just enthralled in and just the the magic of it and and that being the literal sense and not the like figurative, oh, it's such a magical movie. Now, it's just I, I like literally seeing magic on screen, and that's what kind of drove the um me to actually liking this and enjoying it more so
0: than that first one. Oh, I guess I'm that one guy. I'm shocked. <laughs> uh no,
1: Bobby, you're not that one guy. The, can you share with us the uh a little bit of the spoiler or reaction? Um after you know, without going and hearing it. I I'm genuinely interested just to hear maybe a cliff note version of what you thought of it. Oh no, I was definitely gonna share my thoughts. Um Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, no, Uh I I was not happy with the movie. <laughs> um And I I mean, I definitely went into it with an open mind, even though I'd kind of already I hadn't read any reviews, but I had already kind of just generally heard that, you know, reactions to the movie were divided when I went into my showing last night. Um, So some of my hype was kind of brought down a little bit when I went in. Um, But I, I don't really feel that it's like affecting my opinion on it. But no, I. I enjoyed, for the most part, the first Fantastic Beasts, which I will also admit, though I've only seen that movie one time. I've seen the Harry Potter films multiple times, many multiple times, <laughs> um, and I've read those books, and that, so I know that story very well. I've only seen Fantastic Beasts one once, so it's not really fresh going into this. But uh, no, I don't know. Like this movie for me was just kind of like the the there was no good story arc just in this film that I I enjoyed it just felt like it was trying too hard to just like make all these connections to the Harry Potter movies and like you pointed out Bobby like the main characters the apparent main characters of this franchise Newt and and uh, Catherine Watterson's character and you know, these characters that we knew from the first film, like, I just don't really care. And they, and for the most part, they even seem like side characters now, like, because yeah. obviously, you know, what people really care about, and that seems to be what they're playing to is they care about Dumbledore and Grindelwald in that relationship. And where's, where's more backstory to that. And they are totally, they seem to be acknowledging that now and they're like, all right, we're just going to do that. And to me, it's like, well, why even bother like making this kind of a, you know, connected to Newt and having him as a apparent lead, and it just seems weird to me. And and because they're they seem to be trying to walk this line of no, he's the main character, right? And but but yet they they're not treating him like a main character in a way. It seems confusing, and and yeah, it just seems like the movie's trying too hard to just give you all this backstory for Potter nerds that the kind of stuff that Potter nerds will eat up. And I'm saying that. And I, I mean, I will call myself a Potter nerd, I guess. Like I've, I've read the books and I love the Potter movies, love, love them. And I, for the most part have loved the David Yates directed stuff, you know, for those know, who don't know, like he's been directing all the Potter movies since order of the Phoenix leading up to this movie and I loved his Harry Potter films and I, for the most part, like fantastic piece one, but I don't know this, this feels like it's missing something severely for me. And, and yeah, there's things I, as a Potter fan, you know, some of that detail stuff I am interested in, you know, but when the movie ended, I just kind of was like, oh, that was a disappointment. And I mean, I'm not going to get into spoilers now and I don't, don't, we're not going to get into spoilers here but you know I'm not I'm not gonna spoil anything but yeah the movie ended and I just kind of didn't care like and like you said Bobby I just don't really care about most of these main characters like pretty major things happen to some of them and I'm just kind of like like I don't feel like the writing has been there to really make me care enough that have these moments hit hard enough like that seems like they want them to like I I found myself going yeah okay whatever (laughs) like Sure, I'm. I'm interested in some of this backstory stuff that we seem to be leading to with, with Grindelwald and Dumbledore, and I don't think that's a spoiler to say that by any means. But I'm. I'm a. I'm interested in that as a Potter fan, but I don't think this movie did what it needed to do. And for I. I would be happy if they didn't make any more of them. I'm. I'm good. Like I, I hate the wow. they're going down with this. Wow.
1: <laughs> oh. Wow. Really?
0: Really, yeah. That's like
1: where we And this that's movie this movie don't felt care like if we make any other movies.
0: No, cuz I mean there's no doubt this movie ends on a major cliffhanger and you there's no doubt. Of course I'm curious to see where they go with this. But at the same time this movie didn't have a good enough arc on its own. It just really felt like you've got this really big story and it's just like they cut a chunk out and okay, here's a movie. Like that's not I don't know. Like I don't I'm not interested in that kind of storytelling. I I really okay, felt so like th- I think this movie is bad storytelling in my opinion. I, I can, You know what?
1: I can appreciate that because I actually can kind of lean towards that as well and I was explaining that to a friend of mine. I was like, here's what I feel like I, this to me is just like almost like a very, very um, almost like character build or story building part of the story where it's like, I call them filling filler episodes for like series and television. Yeah, exactly. Where they'll be like, what's that? Yeah, exactly. Go on, Sorry Ahead where there'll be like, you know, 20 minutes of, show any of this this And then the last five minutes, it'll have this huge moment where you're just like, so this is why I had to watch this is because I needed to get to this very moment to move forward with the story. Like, and I felt like there was a lot of that in this movie. Like I really didn't need to be here. Like they could have cut this down a great deal and added the other parts of the story where it started to, like, where this, you know, has this clear and it moves into this other aspect of the story, and I would have been perfectly fine with that. Um, I just feel like this is, you know, like, some of the filling part of the show. Like, you're right, David. It, does, it doesn't get you to the point where you're like, oh, I really, really care about these characters and whatnot. I'm just more interested to see what happens because there's so much to happen, I think, maybe at the end of the film that I was just like, this This sucks because we're going to have this huge cliffhanger. And I, I, I was thinking about this when I was watching it. Part of me, there are have this huge cliffhanger at the end of the movie, and I'm just going to be like, well, I'm ready to watch the rest now. Right. So it's like, I mean, that's how I look. At it. It's almost like a filler episode for this, what they wanted to do, five movies for this? part, yeah, some, something this, like this that. Story. Yeah, like, I mean, I think that's what I remember reading is that they were going to do... Five Fantastic Beasts movies, and she was slated to do it all. And it's like, I mean, you know that some of the characters are coming back, but it's like I'm I'm looking at—I was looking at a Fantastic Beasts and you know, IMDb pages, and you know, Johnny Depp hasn't even been tagged and you know, when the next one's going to be coming out. Well, that's not promising at all. Like, I, I don't think that they won't do it, but it's like it feels like it's far off in the distance that they're just like, well, we'll get to it to see how this movie does
0: here yeah. right so yeah i don't know that's where i am i i was pretty bummed by the movie and and i'll you know michelle maybe can share her thoughts next time she's on but i mean you know for those who listen to spoiler effect you'll hear but yeah she was very very happy with the movie like we, when we did our spoiler effect episode, we were basically polar opposites in our reaction to this film. Like, she she was very impressed with it, and I was was not. So I don't know. There's there's obviously fans out there, and you guys seem to be mostly fans. I just I don't know. It didn't do it for me. So that's where I am.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say fans, but I think I'm just coming at it from just such an angle of not really having that deep seated connection to the other movies. And actually, I, I can see exactly what you you're saying, and and cannot poke any holes in what you're saying. But for whatever reason, I like. Well, the reason being, as I mentioned, is just just seeing the magic on the screen, and and still knowing that it exists in that world that I'm familiar with. Was enough for me to give it a give it a favorable review in the sense that I enjoyed it. I mean, right. that's just kind of the way it hit me, it, and that's coming from someone who didn't care for the first one at all. And I can't say I was super grabbed by all the the mystery of everything per se. I mean, there's there's a level of interest in it, but um, I, I think I'm just more along the lines of moving towards. Some of the aspects of getting into that deeper story of Grindelwald and Dumbledore. So, you know, the further they may pull away from the original characters, which I, I don't think they'll get too far away, but um,
0: it's fine with me,
2: just because I never really had a connection with them at all,
0: anyway. All right. Well, uh, I mean, looking at box office, uh, Fantastic Beasts it it did okay for a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> I mean, it's good for a movie in general, but for a Harry Potter movie, domestically, you know, you look at the number and it's like, oh, that looks disappointing. It pulled in uh, 62 million this uh, week or this weekend. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, easily number one. But again, I don't know, just when we're used to like the kind of money these Harry Potter movies have been pulling in, it's like, oh, 62 million feels so meh.
1: It's almost like it's like are people waning off of it, but it's like you look at the rest of the numbers like the Fantastic Beast and where to find them. It debuted with only seventy two million, oh, did so it it, yeah. it didn't do much better, but it did do better, right? You know, so it, it, are people just getting a little tired of it? Or are they over it? But like, I mean, there's just also did.
0: a lot in theaters right now. Like, there's, yeah. it's got a lot to compete with for the most part.
1: Yeah. It really does. There's a lot of movies coming out in the theater too, and you know, it, it's it came out in a few more theaters than it did with than Fantastic Beasts did, but it just you know underproduced just a little bit when it came to what people wanted to what they wanted to see. But I think I think a lot of it, like you just said, to echo that, it's really had a lot has a lot to compete with right now.
0: Right. Now, while we're talking about box office numbers, so yeah, number two is Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. Uh, the new animated film, um, that that's in its second week. And this weekend it pulled in a little over 38 million. Uh, I haven't seen that. I've actually been meaning to take my kids to go see it. And I've been kind of curious about it because I'm like, eh, it looks like it could be pretty good. Um, so I'm, have you guys seen it? Bobby Yasha? No, no. Neither of you.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm I'm like you, David, I'm interested, but I just haven't gotten to go see it yet.
0: Right. Um, At number three was Bohemian Rhapsody uh, with fifteen point seven million. Another movie I have not seen, but uh, Bobby, I know you have, uh, but we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, I'm curious, what do you think of it? Yeah, I did see
2: it, and it's a fun movie. It's uh, fun in the sense that it's almost like it's a weird way of, of going to the movies, but it almost kind of feels like it's a, a sing along because it's it 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 goes from one big, huge song of Queen, you know, to the next big, huge Queen song that, you know, and there's the, essentially the same kind of beats that you would see in any biopic in the movie. So those scenes don't tend to stand out that much because it's that same kind of story that you've seen a thousand times, just insert a uh, tragedy of this person here kind of thing. But, um, the fun of it the the enjoyment of it is getting to see how some of those songs were created and just seeing Rami Malek's uh, performance you know just seeing him as Freddie Mercury and, and embody that role and then just hearing the music it it, it makes it such a, a good biopic in that sense but just the story itself it's 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 fine, but it's not something either you already know their story or it's a story that seems to be tried and true of any uh musical act that's been around for the last forever years
0: <laughs> right Joshua, did you see it?
1: I did. I saw it um last weekend, and actually there isn't much that I would change when it comes to what Bobby said or i I could add to it really. I enjoyed the movie a great deal. I thought it was um really good the, you know obviously the hero of it was the transformation of Raleigh Malik into Freddie Mercury, he really did a good job of that. I feel like they could have added some more, and I felt like we missed quite a bit when it comes to his story or their story. I think that they kind of omitted a few things because we went from 1970, if I remember correctly, to meeting him and meeting the members of the band, and then all of a sudden we were in 1975 and they were performing on a huge, big stage. I was like, wait a minute. I feel like there's a little bit more to the story than just, Hey, how's it going? I'm Freddie," And all of a sudden you're singing together on this big stage, you know, whatnot. I mean, they kind of alluded to it with one performance when they first started, but it was, um, I mean, all in all, I definitely would, you know, recommend it to people if you're a fan and I would encourage people to go see it. If you're a fan to seeing it in the theater, because it's the music is fantastic. It's so much fun. Like you kind of forget how many hits that queen really did have, but you really find out in that theater when you're just kind of like thumping along with the music and You're like, this is great. This is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want to see it even though, I mean, I feel like I've heard mixed things, but I feel like, I don't know. Most of the mixed stuff I've been hearing, I feel like it's like maybe it was kind of the expectation of this movie could go beyond the kind of normal biopic kind of film formula and it doesn't seem to apparently but uh i don't know it seems like it'd still be like a fun movie to see so i've been wanting to see it um number four at the box office this weekend was instant family which is new in theaters uh with 14.7 million that's the new movie with uh what mark Wahlberg and man why am i blanking on her name right now (laughs) uh rose Byrne. Mm, um yeah that's right yeah I don't know. And this actually, I thought looked uh, funny to me. I wanted to see this, and I haven't seen it. Uh, did you? Either of you guys see it this weekend?
2: Nope, I didn't. I don't know. It didn't seem, uh, it didn't seem funny to me. So I, oh, I, I really? didn't. Oh really? Yeah. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I, I, I. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the preview once, and it didn't catch catch me. So I was like, no, I'm not probably going to watch that. Yeah.
1: And man, it's funny Bobby said that because I felt the same way. I was like, it looked okay, it didn't look
0: i thought it actually looked um, pretty good and i'm not like i don't know i'm not automatically kind of pulled in by like every comedy that comes out a lot of them i find to be kind of stupid and silly and i'm like oh this one i was like eh, let's see this
1: <laughs> yeah, i don't know for whatever reason i just felt like bobby did i was like well this looks like it could be okay um at the very best but i'm not gonna yeah bust any doors to try and go and see it if i get a chance to go see it i will and it, from the looks of it, it kind of feels like the rest of the world felt the same way because <laughs> nobody went to go see it. Right. <laughs> you know, for a movie that cost $48 dollars to make, they only made 14 million on their first opening weekend. That's not a good. That's not a good haul. That's that's uh, that's a big miss right there. Um, I feel like the. I feel like this was released at the wrong time of the year too. Like this, like I mean, to go up against um Fantastic Beasts and you know, some of these other holiday movies that they're releasing right now, I feel like they kind of dropped the ball on like they should have not released it at this time. Like this was this was huge. This was a big, big big, big miss in planning as to when they should release this movie. No, I definitely agree.
0: I mean, you know, having not seen it, but just looking at the kind of movie it is and the kind of stuff it's competing against the kind of I mean, stuff that I think we'd be pulling in the same kind of audience to these other movies that why, why now like, there's, it feels like there's, there were plenty of other gaps throughout the year where you could have stuck this in. It probably would have done pretty well.
1: Um, yeah. When nothing was coming out, you know, right. No real challenging big production films, but I mean, you couldn't do it over Thanksgiving weekend because, well, that's Thanksgiving weekend and that's, you know, Everybody's going to be dropping something then, but it's just like, I mean, yeah, they just missed the, missed the target as to when they should put it out. Yeah. It's like, almost somebody realized they're like, oh shit. We have that Mark Wahlberg movie that we should put out. Like, did anybody, we didn't release that yet? God damn it.
0: Number five this weekend was Widows, the new uh, film from uh, director Steve McQueen, which I, I very much want to see. I've um, yep. been hearing really good things about uh have either of you guys seen this? Not yet. No. No, no, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so, it...
2: and your feeling was correct. <laughs> of course I thought it. <laughs> uh, well. yeah, no um I've been wanting to see this one for quite some time as well just because of one the the director Steve McQueen, who I really loved uh 12 Years a Slave and it always sounds weird saying that about a movie like that. But um, I remember when it came out, it it made my top 10 list. So uh, seeing his next movie, which was this and knowing that it was something, I think it it was like a um, passion project for him that he had been working on for some time. And he's credited as one of the writers and obviously the director. And you have such a fabulous cast with Viola Davis and Michelle Rodriguez. And I'm not, I haven't seen a ton of stuff Elizabeth Debicki's in, but from what I have seen her in, she's been good in. And you just see the other people like Liam Neeson and John Bernthal, in it, and it just looks like this superb cast. So obviously you're expecting this pretty um, epic kind of heist movie. And I will say that it's, it's good, not great. It's not anything that I would say would be in my top 10 at the end of the year, but I would maybe give it an honorable mention kind of thing. Um, I I think where it falters is not in the, the performances or not in the directing or any of that thing. In fact, there's this opening sequence of the movie that I thought was edited very well and it was really clever in the way that they were using sound and transitioning from scene to scene. And it was done really, really well. But um, where I feel like the movie falters is that in order to really enjoy the movie, or at least from my perspective, to to really enjoy the movie, there's a suspension of reality that has to go on. Because you're essentially having to accept that these women who are widows of these guys who were people who robbed people for a living, who were thieves, essentially, um, they have no training in this and no knowledge of this, but yet they have to be able to essentially finish the job that their husbands started and do this all within a month and To be able to do that to that level is a lot to ask for even someone that's trained so you kind of have to suspend reality a little bit when you're watching it and um yeah, maybe if they gave him a, a larger time frame, I could buy into it a little bit more. But I would say that's that's the only real fault I had in it. Other than that, there was a lot of a
0: uh, lot of good stuff in that movie. Nice. Well, even though you're saying it's not great, great, I yeah, I definitely still want to. Catch oh, it's that. still worth seeing for right? sure. Uh, number six in its third week in release was The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Anybody seen that? I have not. I have not.
1: Yasha? I have not. No, That is a hard pass.
0: Yeah. I didn't really have any interest in it. Like, just not really at all, to be honest. Um, and it's, again, and we talked about this before, but I get, you know, not wanting to compete with the big, big Christmas movies, but it's like, man, it literally came out the weekend right after Halloween. And it was just like, why now? This is just, I don't get it. I don't understand that. <laughs> hmm i do and i don't i get not wanting to compete with the big stuff like aquaman and bumblebee and mary poppins and all that stuff we're gonna get in december but it's like still like at least like maybe thanksgiving weekend or something like
1: yeah something a little bit closer to where the holidays are kind of built yeah I'm starting to actually see the holidays in the stores and stuff it's like happy halloween by the way have you seen the nutcracker what
0: what <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um and it's uh 7th week in release at number 7 was a star is born still bringing in money um with 4 point uh about 4.4 4 million um i think we've all talked about that right uh, yeah yeah um and then at number 8 was overlord in its second weekend uh with almost 4 million um another movie i really want to see and i have not checked out yet uh have you guys seen it yasha did you see it
1: i have not not yet and i really do want to like i'm interested i'm definitely interested in seeing that
0: well bobby help Uh, us out here have you seen it (laughs) i'll i'll say this
2: hey everybody listening to the sound of my voice if you like fun action and just uh over the top brutal killing then go see it's a lot of fun um it's very intense it it it's so weird the way this movie is done in a, in such a way by when you're in this world and the, it, you're you're immediately grabbed in the beginning of the movie by the action sequence that happens because it's all very realistic and it feels very um true as you're watching it because it, it's this world war Two story and it feels like it's something out of Saving Private Ryan, and and then it slowly starts to change and evolve into this um, genre film. Where some people have said if you've played the video game Wolfenstein 3D, that's kind of the sense you get because of these <laughs> zombie type uh, Nazi kind of characters. And uh, yeah, it's just it, it 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 rides this line that it knows exactly what it is, and it and it can make you feel on the edge of your seat, nervous and intense for what's going on. And then really kind of delve into the, the almost wackiness of it all. And, but yet it knows it's doing it. And so it, it, it does it really, really well. And the director, uh, Julius Avery, I know he had just been tapped to direct the, um, Flash Gordon movie that they're finally starting to get rolling on development for. So if he I really enjoyed what he did with this movie, so I wouldn't mind seeing what his take would be for Flash
0: Gordon. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. But no, I haven't seen this, but it sounds fun. I want to check it out. It is. It's fun. Um and it's nine our for, at number nine in its second weekend, uh, the girl in the spider's web. I refuse to say the full title. I don't know if you guys have seen what the full title of this movie <laughs> yeah. is. It's so ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I, I it's see, ridiculous. I'm, I'm seeing that now, and I'm just like, what? Why would they put that in there as a billing? Like I, they...
0: I want to say I heard or remember reading that that was officially added as the kind of, you know, making it the official title, like, pretty late in the game. Like, uh, marketing had already been kind of in full swing, and at one point, they kind of added that to the end of it. I mean, what we're talking about, it's the girl in the spider's web, a new dragon tattoo story. It's just, it's terrible. Um, and anyways, this reminds me, it's another reason I'm bummed Michelle's not here is we, I haven't seen this movie. I don't Michelle, I don't believe has seen it. Um, but, uh, we did watch the girl with the dragon tattoo, which I had seen before, but she had never seen. So I'm I'm bummed she's not here because even though uh, I I know now she's seen that, but I haven't heard her thoughts on it yet. (laughs) I don't know if she liked it or not. Uh, The David Fincher film. So I'm kind of curious. Anyway, um, I haven't seen The Girl in the Spider's Web. Apparently, not many people have seen it. I mean, it's at number nine in its second weekend with just 2.5 million. It's only pulled in a little over 13 million total. Um, It's it's not good. but well, that's uh, an
1: epic failure right there yeah
0: hmm. that that's not not good <laughs> um and uh i haven't seen this movie i can't speak for it but i like claire foy so it's i don't know and then just right there i'm kind of bummed just for that reason i'm like oh man i'm bummed for her that's such a kind of a bomb but uh have have you guys seen it bobby did you see this Mm, you know the answer to that before you even ask the question. Oh come now, on! Of I've seen it. <laughs> I know you see everything, but I have to act like maybe. You oh, okay.
2: Well, no, I didn't. I didn't know. I don't think. Well, maybe I did discuss that we had that I had seen it, but you almost can count on the fact that if it's a movie that's coming out, that I probably have seen it. Um, so my thing with this movie is, I initially was going to just watch it having not seen the David Fincher version of Dragon Tattoo, and I had not seen the Swedish version. version, So I was just going to go in kind of cold. And after seeing the movie, I wish that I had, because I did end up watching on the that weekend that it came out. I was like, I have some time, so let me watch the Swedish version. and Because it was on Netflix, or it's on Netflix. Right. And so I ended up watching that and really liking this Dragon Tattoo movie. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, that one was Runa Runa Marnie or Runa uh, Rona.
0: Uh, you're talking about uh, Um
2: Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Numi,
0: Numi, Numi Rapaz, Thank you.
2: There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: we're, we're working on uh, this together. We'll get through this. <laughs>
2: right. um, so that one was really good. I mean, the, the one thing that did was hard about that watching that movie was just because it's subtitled. So I, I found myself reading and then looking and There used to be a time where I wouldn't miss miss a beat. It felt like uh, between reading subtitles and watching a movie. And then I just haven't done it in so long that it felt like kind of riding a bike. I had to retrain myself how to be able to follow along without missing something as I'm reading. But that aside, I mean, I really enjoyed it. And so I finished watching that, and I was like, well, I still have some more time, so I ended up deciding to watch the Fincher version, man, version as well, and I enjoyed that one too, and that one was, honestly, one of the things I remember thinking right away was like, oh, I don't have to read subtitles, this is great, and (laughs) and you know, it, there's there's a lot of uh, small differences between the two movies, enough that it, it's weird that both versions still work and still tell the same story, even though they've changed things in, in and out here and there. Or right. I should say the, the Fincher version changed things here and there. But um, they still worked on their own. And it's I, I can't honestly say there's one that's better than the other. I might lean more towards the the swedish version but i think that might be because it felt there was a little bit more it took its time a little bit more and that might be also because the versions that are on uh netflix are extended versions and so i don't even know what the regular version of that movie would look like but the what i did see in that in that swedish version it was like it 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 seemed like it explained more and took its time telling the story a little bit. And so there was more of a a slow build, but it it worked. And so I might lean a little bit more towards that one. The Fincher version definitely seems more stylistic. But all in all, I enjoyed both of those movies. So coming into the Spider's Web and seeing uh, Claire Foy, what I will say is... Between all three actresses, they all seem to capture Lisbeth's character very, very well. And the difference being that in this movie, I think they they changed up the, the genre of the movie. Because the, the, the original version and then the Fincher version, they both seem like they're very much like um, mystery thrillers. And... This version seems more like a spy thriller, so she seems more like a like a James Bond type kind of character, or a Batman in a sense, in a weird sort of way. But uh, and I don't think it did the the series any justice by changing it. It it made her too um, superheroic in a sense, in a way that I don't think the character was meant to be. But Claire Foy did real good with the material she was given and i think there's solid points within the movie it's just that in fact i feel like if i had not seen those other movies and went into this call i probably would have liked it way more because i had no frame of reference but having that frame of reference really established who this character was in, in the world that they're building for the character and and to see the gears sort of switch as you're watching this movie it It feels like they're doing something that's kind of out of pocket for the character so it it it's not a bad movie it's just not what you think is part of this character's uh m o and 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 history of what they were doing with the character prior to the um venture version and going with the swedish version and i don't know far as the books i, I do understand that this book was written not by the original art author but by someone else who continued the story after the original author passed away so that may be as well a reason why it feels different but yeah it's it, it's not a bad movie it's just not i guess the movie that i think a lot of people wanted from this series
0: and it just feels like like what you just pointed out and i was going to bring that up like Everything about the production of this movie feels so weird to me. Like, why? Like, first of all, you waited so long since the Fincher film to make a sequel. And, you know, the Fincher film, I don't remember how that did. I don't... It definitely didn't make big money. I mean, I know it was critically Mm -mm. well-received, but it definitely, box office-wise, it wasn't... I think it had legs, from what I understand. Yeah, that sounds right. But it didn't make, like, huge money or anything. It wasn't, like, a big box office success. Right. And... So to me, it's like, if you're going to try to continue the story, at least try to tap into the fans of the books, right? Like they were, there was a popular book series at least. And again, I mean, anyone correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that it was really those first three books that were, you know, really popular written by the original author. But instead Mm -hmm. of just moving on with it to the next book, the girl who play with fire. No, let's jump to the fourth book written by a different author (laughs) and and make that one. Like, why, why? Like. I mean, maybe that book also did really well. I don't know. I, I don't believe it did, though. I don't really feel like anyone talks about that one like they do the first three books. And it's yeah. just, everything about it just seems like such an odd decision. And and to hope, like, after such a big gap after Dragon Tattoo, to be like, okay, we're going to try to make another film. And yeah, we'll cast another actress. And we'll just kind of continue with this franchise. Like, kind of like it's a Bond movie, you know? And Which I'm totally good. I, I had no problem with the fact that they recast. Just... I don't know. It just seems weird. And I'd be shocked if they make another one at this point.
2: Yeah, I would be too. And one of the things that I thought was a bad decision just from the start was they changed the the Miguel Bloom, Bloom character, Bloom Fist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the Fincher movie, it was played by Daniel Craig. And then in the Swedish movie, it was an, another actor that I'm not familiar with. He may be popular in, in Sweden, but I don't know. But in both of those actors, they were older guys. And so it was like there's that dynamic between him and Lisbeth. And in this movie, it's, I don't, I forget the actor's name, but he seems like he's no more, no, not too much older than Claire Foy or Elizabeth. And it just, it it misses something by doing that and and making this guy seem so, or recasting him in a younger light. So I don't know. That was right away. It just kind of did something to where I was like, "Eh, I don't like this dynamic. I liked the, the oddity of, This older guy and and her as a character and her being damaged and and yet sort of seeking that kind of almost father figure in and liking the that kind of relationship that they had. But beyond that as well. So, yeah, I don't know. It it just it just seemed like a lot of misfires
0: throughout the movie. Well, uh, at number 10 was going back to the box office. um, At number 10 was Nobody's Fool. And it's Third Weekend. Uh, with two points, about three million. Um, anybody see that? I have not. I have not.
1: No, I saw the girl with the, the dragon. Oh, you saw a girl in the, the Spider's Web. No, I saw the girl in the Spider's Web with the dragon, t- a new dragon tattoo. What did they call it? <laughs> <laughs> the
0: girl with the Spider's Web who had a dragon tattoo and played in Fire. Blah blah blah.
1: Yeah, that movie. Yeah, oh, sorry, no. Sorry to move that. on. What did you think of it? I, I thought it was absolutely fucking terrible. Oh. I was not impressed, not even in the slightest. I went in there cold. I mean, a part of me really wished that I had the time to go ahead and watch some of the other movies to have like a little bit of a background. I don't know, Bobby, like, you, you know, we agree with a lot of, a lot of different things, um, when it comes to films, but like when you said that maybe you would enjoy it more, if you went in there with a the blank slate, I went in there with a blank slate and I like, leaned over to Shannon, uh, my girlfriend 40 minutes into the film and was like, I have no fucking idea what is going on right now. (laughs) I completely lost. I thought it was all over the place. It was jumbled. It was a fantastic job done by the advertising department because they advertised it as a movie that is not what I was watching. Uh, I did not know, but I did not know what was going on. I did not know why certain characters cared what was going on. I didn't understand the threat. Um, I kind of started to get a feel for it what was going on like an hour into the film. I just was like, but I was counting the minutes until it was over. I was not impressed and thoroughly disappointed with how this movie came off. Um, I thought that, if they're going to advertise it, kind of like you said, David, is like a Bond movie where they you know, have this movie and a franchise that they've just come back to, each Bond movie that you watch, you can kind of have this standalone enjoyment and get it for the most part of what's going on and have the resolution. Did not have that feeling when this movie was over. The only resolution that I actually had was, I'm glad that it's over and I can leave. And I hardly ever feel like that when I watch <laughs> a movie. I thought it was absolutely fucking terrible. All right. Well, I've been really trying to hold on to saying that, and I couldn't wait to get it out. <laughs> oh no, sorry, I, 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 I sorry,
0: I moved you. on without asking.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, now let it I'm out, okay. man. You did you see nobody's fool by chance? No.
1: Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't see that. That's definitely going to be a watch that's at home when you're just like, if I'm sick and I have nothing else and I have to watch, I'm like, all right, I guess I'll watch this shit here we go <laughs> um
0: now that's the top 10 uh i mean we're we're almost out of time but uh real quick is there anything else that you guys have seen you really want to bring up or any news items really quick that you really want to do talk about?
1: bring up one thing before bobby jumps in and and takes over um <laughs> 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 I, I started something today that, David, I'm pretty sure you're going to want to watch. Um, I started, and I say started because I just I ran out of time because I was going to go watch the, the Fantastic Beep movie movies. I started, Netflix released The Ballad of Buster Scruggs.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I got to see that.
1: I've watched, I didn't know what to expect going into it. It just looked good. I'm a fan of Joel and Ethan Cohen. Um, I'm not a huge diehard, you know, rah-rah them fan, but I definitely do enjoy their work, and so far I am loving what this story is. It's almost like a uh, it was you know I didn't realize it was like an anthology film, and I've watched the first two stories, and so far I really really enjoyed the first two stories, and I can't wait to keep going with it. It's fantastic, it's fantastic.
2: Nice. So David, can I suggest something? And and feel free to say no. Nah, that there's no way that would work, but. I know a lot of times you can't necessarily get to the theater, but Netflix has so much content these days, from series on to actual movies. Would it be possible to, like, if if you can't watch it all in one sitting, like, couldn't you kind of, like, maybe break it up into half an hour a day or an hour a day and kind of knock one out one of these out or like maybe even a series out in some time i'm working on it right now
0: i'm i'm watching daredevil season three right now
2: what see oh
0: but i'm not i don't know
2: this is like the Why did we not talk about
0: this (laughs) well i don't know i guess i I was just kind of waiting until i'm done with it um and i'm I, i now i can't remember if i'm four episodes in or five episodes in and and I will say, I i mean, maybe it's a good idea to bring it up right now because it'll be interesting to see where I stand when it's all said and done. But I will say so far, I'm kind of kind of unsure about it. Like, I don't know where I stand on it so far. And I love Daredevil. <laughs> like, I've loved the first two seasons of that show. And with that said, I have a feeling I will love this third season when it's over. But so far, mm-hmm. I've been kind of, huh, okay, that's kind of, that's my reaction to it so far.
2: <laughs> well, based on where you said you're at in it, I can understand that. I mean, I, for myself, I was in on episode one right away of season three, but I can understand where it may, for other people, take a take a little bit to get going for it. And right around that episode five, six is, I feel, where it really starts to ramp up and and Go full throttle after that point, but um, yeah, uh, at least you're watching. So that that you just explain what I was trying to say, you pretty much put it into action already. So no, that's I'm cool. watching
0: stuff, and there's no doubt. There's things like you just pointed out that film, uh, Yasha. I really want to see. I've been really curious to see what is it Outlaw with Chris Pine. I saw it. Um, I don't yeah. know. It looks really interesting to me, and I guess you've seen it. How 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 is it? Do you recommend it or no?
2: So, for those who don't know, Outlaw King is is basically the story of uh, Robert the Bruce that you saw in um, in uh, Braveheart. But I guess this is more of a true true telling because the the Braveheart movie itself is is based on events per se, and so there's a lot that's just fictional. And this is, I think, supposed to be more of a true telling. And um, I will say, it, with Chris Pine playing that character. This movie, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, I wouldn't say it's something that is really superb and stellar, but it it really is a solid film. And and, uh, obviously, a lot of it was shot on location. And so you get to see a lot of Ireland and just it it looks very nice visually. But in a way, and I mean this in a good way, even though it may sound negative, but it was to me, it felt like Braveheart light. You know, like like a a, a sort of a, a a companion piece to it in a way, but not quite as epic, but still very good, very solid. I, I really did enjoy it.
0: I got impressions just from watching the trailer, like shots of it. It's it looks like it's shot well, like to the point mm-hmm. where it seems like man, it seems like it would be a good movie to see in a theater. Unfortunately, we're not. <laughs> Did you get that impression from it, or did you?
2: Um, there are definitely scenes that I feel like if it had a little bit more budget, it would have been better on the big screen, but I think there's still some levels to it to where it feels more like um, better than what you would see on, on quote-unquote TV, but not quite as good of what, as what you could see if it was in a theater or if it had a you know a theatrical movie budget to it. Right. So it's somewhere in between but it's definitely I feel something that it should be watched if you have any of that kind of like uh, love for a brave heart or or the those the middle ages kind of knights and and the 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 fighting that barbaric, you know torture stuff that they would do to people back then. It, I, I think it hits on a lot of different beats in the movie, and it even has some of that sort of Braveheart humor to it in a way, weird sort of way. But yeah, that's why I kind of feel like it's Braveheart light. It, it really feels like it. it's trying to um, capture that tone. And then I heard that there's a movie in development that is supposed to be um, a sort of a sequel to Braveheart of Robert the Bruce. And it's supposed to be played by the the actor who played him in the the Braveheart movie, and I, I suppose I think that's still being um, developed and and supposed to come out, but hmm. I hadn't heard much about it in recent time. But yeah, so uh, it, it's kind of cool to even if they do have one, then you will get to see a theatrical version of, of that
0: story. So right. that'd be kind of cool as well. Very cool. But yeah, that's 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 the one show I have been watching. When I haven't I know I've been rewatching West Wing, but yes, I have been watching Daredevil season 3.
2: <laughs> so, what Yasha, did you get a chance to watch anything else?
1: Um No, I don't think so. I think that was I mean, just my regular series and stuff um online. Um so no, I don't think uh that there's anything else that I uh, I did start something that on Netflix. I don't remember the name of the show. It's a series that um, uh, Tina Fey produces and writes for. Uh, I found it on Netflix, and I think it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, Great news is what it's called. It's really, really funny. Um, I can't tell if it actually was written directly for Netflix, like the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, or what. But it is a uh, just a newsroom comedy. And I mean, if you like Tina Fey, you'll definitely like the show. It's I believe
2: it, it came. I, I believe that show came out on uh, NBC. It was, I think, it maybe went two seasons and then it was canceled. But yeah, it, it initially
0: started on NBC.
2: Okay. Um,
0: all right. Well, Bobby, you got thirty seconds. What all have you seen?
2: <laughs> oh God, uh, I don't know if I can do it in thirty seconds. But one of the movies I had a chance to see from earlier on that's pretty much dropped out of that top ten if it ever was in the top 10 is a Suspiria. And I had never seen that original version of the movie, but seeing this one, it had Dakota Dakota Fanning in it. And I actually didn't even recognize that that was her or sorry, not Dakota Fanning Dakota Johnson. Right. I didn't recognize that it was her in that role. And she seemed familiar, but I couldn't quite place her. And later after the movie, I had looked it up and I was like, oh God, okay. Um, That makes two movies I've seen her in recently that she seemed uh, pretty well acting in. And that was the um, Bad Times at the El Royale, and then now this. And um, Tilda Swinton is in this as well. And I gotta say, it's one of those movies I think is is very, probably divisive to most people. It really feels like it's kind of like Mother in the way that um, it's artistic and it's really going to be a matter of how, how it falls for you. And for me, it it didn't land. I I, is the first movie I think I can ever recall coming out, feeling neutral. Like I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. And I didn't, Think it was bad but I didn't think it was good it was very I literally (laughs) came out neutral I've never felt that way before about a movie I usually lean in one direction or another and I couldn't I because there was things about it that I liked and then there was things about it that I just thought was just nothing just nonsense you know and so um it's just such a weird movie whereas uh I, I really appreciated the artistry and the 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 Semi semi look of uh, Mother. I didn't care for the the story necessarily, and and in this in Suspiria, it it was sort of flipped. It was like the artistry, I, meh. I wasn't really all that into, but aspects of the story I was into. So, yeah, it just kind of hit me in a in a opposite way that Mother did. But I think it would have the same effect for most people if they saw it. Hmm. And uh a movie I saw on Netflix, Apostle, uh, which was something I had been wanting to see because it had Dan Stevens in it and it was directed by Gareth Evans who has done The Raid 1 and 2. And I will say that it starts off for for me it started off pretty slow. It took a while for it to really get going, but once it does, it really gets kind of kind of um like Horrific in a way that uh, it is interesting to see this director do, because it's still there's a, a level of brutality that's happening in some of the the aspects. And for those who know, it's a story about this guy who whose sister is essentially taken in by a cult on this on this island, and he goes to kind of bring her back home, but tries to disguise himself in a way that uh, he's one of them. So um, he's trying to. Have this 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 end to this cult, and and still try and, and get find his sister and bring her back. And it, they this cult worships essentially like a a a, a demon or so, and so it, it gets kind of uh, supernatural as well. But yeah, it's I would say it's 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 okay. I didn't think I, I fell in love with it or really super enjoyed it, but it was worth the watch. Cool, cool. And the last thing, actually, I, that I've seen, that I have not seen the whole thing yet, and it's also on Netflix, it's a series called Bodyguard, and it stars Richard Madden, who was Rob Stark on Game of Thrones, and I've been hearing a lot about the series because apparently it's like got these biggest ratings that it's that has ever been in London or BBC or Britain or somewhere over there, that it's really huge. And so um, I've been hearing people talk about it over here as well. And I've only seen the first episode and it's pretty much got me hooked. It, it feels like a, a little bit of kind of 24. And um, it has this, this aspect of this guy who's kind of got not the perfect life himself, but he's good at his job and he's kind of like this um, counter-terrorist person, essentially. And the first episode, it just starts off very intensely with a, a potential bomb threat that's on this train that he's on and he has his 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 family on it as well and he's trying to talk this person down and it's it's pretty pretty thrilling and i'm into it so far so it's a, I think it's six episodes and so it's a pretty easy binge and I, hopefully i'll be able to finish that by this weekend
0: what was that called again
2: bodyguard oh okay Uh, Anything else? No, that's it. We pretty much covered everything else in the top ten stuff.
0: Nice. All right. What's coming up this weekend? A little movie that I still have to see the first one for,
2: right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet.
0: Oh, that one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm
2: kidding. I'm kidding. Obviously, Creed Two is coming out this
0: weekend. Well, Ralph Breaks the Internet is
2: coming out this weekend. Yes, but, uh, it is. But, you know, the one that I've been looking forward to forever has definitely been <laughs> Creed 2. So I, I, I cannot wait to see the movie. I mean, just because I obviously loved the first Creed movie and Ryan Coogler and, and Michael B. Jordan, that collaboration, just seeing them is, is really great. But there's also the tie-ins to the the Rocky series. And I'm always been a fan of the Rocky series specifically you know three and four were my favorites growing up but um now this one has ties back to four which is obviously the one for everyone who knows the Rocky series is Ivan Drago and his son uh is in this movie and him his Ivan Drago's son is going up against Adonis Creed. And so there's that. And obviously, for anyone who's seen that movie, uh, Ivan Drago killed Creed, you know, Apollo Creed in the ring. So there's all this stuff going on in that movie. So I'm really hoping that it turns out good because it's one of my most anticipated for this year.
1: I'll co-sign that. I'm right yeah. there with you. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I can't go five feet without seeing anything for Raptor that breaks the internet. So I want to <laughs> see that. But I'm definitely interested and I can't wait to see what they do with the Creed story.
0: Well, I will be watching Creed, the first film, sometime this week. What? And then I will be seeing Creed 2 when I get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it will happen. I'm playing catch up. Oh, very cool. Very I cool. I get, uh, get to see one movie and then just jump right into the zoo. Wall. <laughs> exactly. It'll be nice. Well, I think we'd be
2: remiss if we didn't mention uh, the passing of a legend, uh, Stan Lee, who passed away. Yeah, there is that. Um, yeah, that was early this week, wasn't it? Yeah. If, if, uh, it was on Veterans Day. I think it was on Monday. Yeah. 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 It's so sad. It's like, it's one of those things for me is that someone who has had such a huge effect on my life in the, and in, in the since that I've always had an affinity for comics and grown up with them. And this guy had his hand in so many of the things that I love and knowing that he's, he's past, Yes, he was ninety five. Yes, he's had some issues within the last year. But it's still one of those things where when it actually happens, it's just hard to process it because you just feel like he's one of those guys that just can keep going and beating the odds and and would probably outlive you and and to, you know, finally see that that day has come. It's just so sad. And the amount of outpouring of, respect and love that was given on the on the internet and on twitter and all the d- different social media was really nice to see just because so many people who's not only their lives have been affected in a sense of just reading this the material or just having some sort of connection but there's actors who's owe their livelihood to this guy because of the things that he's done. And yes, obviously the, he wasn't alone in this and there's like Jack Kirby as well, but you know, Stan was always seemed to be the sort of, if there, if, if Marvel was a, a, a music band, he was like the front man. He was the person that you always see. He was like the spokesman. And my earliest memory of Stan Lee was, I didn't know who he was at the time, but I, I used to always watch Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and he'd always be the voice opening up the 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 beginning of the cartoon. He, and he'd say his name sometimes. He'd be like, "This is Stan Lee," and you know, watch this amazing adventure from Spider-Man. And, and it was just so cool to finally understand that this was the guy who helped create these characters, and that he had these parts just even just wanted to be a part of the, the, the telling of these stories in different mediums and then to eventually move into, to films and then getting to see those cameos and being able to tell people who didn't know who he was at the time, like, Hey, that's the guy who actually created these characters or, or had a hand in creating these characters. And then now it's one of those things where, the per average person on the street would know who he is by his visual or by the sound of his voice. And I think he just left such a long lasting legacy on everything that we're seeing today. And we'll see for many, many years to come.
0: That's well said. I don't, I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> um. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, yeah, no, I guess. I mean, I felt... I... sorry, go ahead, Bobby.
2: No, go ahead, Josh.
1: No, I was just going to say, like, I kind of felt, I felt the same way. It kind of, it kind of hit me um, by surprise, but not surprised at the same time, because I think the last time that we all saw him together, he was just walking and he just looked very fragile and he looked, you know, very up there in age, but he was, you know, he was 95 years old. The man definitely had a good life. And I mean, I'm not going to echo too much more of what Bobby said. Um, He was one of two when it came to creating some of the most, prominent characters and most popular characters in pop culture and comic history that really resonated with people. But he definitely was and fought to be that front man, to be that person where he uh, was the face of comics. And I remember my first, not so much his interaction, but my first really question of who he was, um, wasn't from the television show. It was actually from reading the comics. Cause if you remember some of the very old comics in the eighties and whatnot, his little head was always up in the upper left-hand corner there Yeah. Uh, and it said Stan Lee. And more times than not, I just was like, I would glance at it, glance at it, but didn't think anything of it. And then I started asking my dad, like, who is this guy? And why is he always like on here? It's like, you know, what does he have to do with, you know, all these different characters. And then it was explained to me that, well, he's, you know, the person that pretty much came up with him. Like he created this and he did this and he did that. And I was like, oh, okay, well then that makes sense. You know? And then, I just would look for his like almost brand as iconic as the Marvel logo or the DC level logo, seeing him in the upper left-hand corner of any comic book that I picked up.
2: David, did you have any, do you remember when you first recognized
0: who he was or was told who he was? Me? Yeah. No, uh, I don't. (laughs) Um, yeah
2: i don't I don't know so and, did your first familiarity of who he is and what he's done come from like seeing him in the movies or was it before that time you just don't remember
0: when but. I just don't remember when it was some time before that but i I guess just because now we just i i as someone who didn't grow up reading a lot of Marvel you know most of my exposure to him has been his cameos in the Marvel films. And obviously I know who he is and I knew who he was before that, but now it's hard for me to like, that that's my main impression of him now. I mean, I, he he's obviously way, way bigger than his silly little cameos in these Marvel films as great as they are, you know what I mean by that? Um, I mean, that is in comparison to his, his work, his amazing you know, just volume of work. It's, but, uh, no, I, to answer your question, do I, do I remember when, like when I was first kind of aware of him? I, I don't, I can't remember. <laughs>
1: mm.
0: But, um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt he'll, he'll, he'll be missed. And and for those people who really only know him from as his, you know, from his cameos, the kind of general fan who maybe never read comics and they just love the Marvel movies, you know, and had so much fun, like you know, seeing when he popped up in every Marvel film, and obviously, you know, you know, I'm sure he he shot his stuff for Marvel or Avengers four, and we'll see him in that, but you know, beyond that, like. And maybe Captain Marvel, will we ever see him pop up anything else again? That it'll, it'll be almost weird to see these movies without him popping up. It'd be kind of odd.
2: Yeah, yeah, it will. Once that happens, it's just going to feel like there's that little something that's missing from the movie just right. because I think I remember reading at one point in time, it was either after he had a health scare or something had happened that they had mentioned that he had filmed like four or five little of those cameos that they can be placed in any movie they wanted to really there's they're not essential to the plot of whatever movie so they're kind of evergreen and and they can be really used where they feel like they want to put them but even still there's just a limited amount of them and so eventually those will uh, run out and yeah after that we just won't see them in anything anymore and and Unless he said, Hey, you can use my digital likeness to put into films, I don't think we'll see him in anything else. Right.
1: I think we might see him like in some aspect, like a newspaper clipping or a billboard in the background. Like you have to look for mm. the type of thing, you know, like in um the Ghostbusters that they did just recently, they had a bust of Harold Ramis in the movie. You mm-hmm. know, like something like that something very very subtle that if you're not looking for it you're just gonna skip it but if you are looking and you happen upon it you'll just it'll be like oh look at that that's that was nice
0: yeah that would be cool if from here on out they did something like that like his image somewhere in every marvel movie even though now he can't appear in them that that would be pretty sweet yeah uh well yeah I guess with that I have actually one more question (laughs) um (laughs) And all of this talk about Marvel and Stanley reminded me really quick, uh, Bobby, I was going to ask you, uh, it's, it's my understanding and I actually tried to find it. I couldn't find it, but there this past week in the comic book world, um, there was a first comic that dropped kind of leading up to Captain Marvel, wasn't there? The film.
2: Yeah. Um. I don't recall if it if it did drop yet or if it just dropped. But yeah, you're right. There was a, a prelude comic that essentially, um, at least from what, my, from what my understanding is, without having read it, it it talks about what Nick Fury and Maria Hill uh, were have been up to, and and the absence of seeing them in the most recent. Um, I think it was maybe after Civil War, Captain America Civil War, and uh, it mentions, there's a a little part that has Nick Fury talking about why he hadn't um, called Captain Marvel in before, because there was obviously the Battle of New York, which was pretty big, and you would think, okay, well, maybe she might be needed here and there, or here here during this time, and he mentions to Maria Hill that She's basically like the 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 last thing, you know, like the silver bullet. You save that for when you really really need it, and when it looks like it's the world's going to end. And maybe people would say, "Well, you know, the battle in New York seems pretty big," but I would still say, at least within that in that aspect, it was still only contained to New York, and it looked like, well, maybe there's still the possibility that. They could win the day, and it, that bullet wouldn't need to have been used in that sense. Whereas, uh, when he does give Captain Marvel the call, or, or on the pager, or whatever it is, in in uh, Avengers people are turning into ash you know so people are just disappearing so to me that seems like yeah that's probably the silver bullet time that's when you need to to call in the big guns because um, this doesn't look like something that could be handled by just the the amount of earth's mightiest heroes that
0: they already have yeah no i was i mean that answers my question that you had not read it yet or i it's my i thought i had read that it dropped this past week and i was kind of curious to read it but i haven't read it myself yet either so anyway um yeah with that it's time to wrap things up and get out of here as always we'd love to hear back from everyone listening um you can always hit up hit us up on twitter and instagram at flicker underscore effect and you can email us at feedback at flicker with your questions and comments and uh, don't forget, you can also find these uh, audio episodes on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash uh, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson.
1: I'm Yasha Wilson.
0: Thanks for listening.